The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Welcome to a breath of fresh air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air. Jeroboam, the son of Nabat. The last time I saw you, you were running away from my father. <laughs> I've heard that you've escaped to Egypt and for some reason now you are back. So I must ask you, state your business. Yes, Rehoboam, I have returned from Egypt. And you're right, I did leave the way to flee from Solomon, but I'm back. And you know what? I have one simple request. Is it war you want? No, no, surely not, surely not. No war, I, I, I come in peace, again. I'm here along with the whole assembly of Israel. And we just have one thing to request from our king. Your father put a heavy yoke on us, a heavy burden. Now lighten the label and the heavy yoke that he put on us, and we will serve you. That's all we ask. Just lighten this burden. Why do you have your people working so hard? Cherubim, son of Nabat. <laughs> so now you are advocate for the people. <laughs> you make me laugh, but I must say, as newly appointed king, it is in my best interest to be as wise as my father. And because of that, I ask a request of you. What is it? Depart from me and return in three days. Three days? I need, <sighs> I need time to think about this and to consult my advisors to see what we shall do about this taxing situation. Fine, so be it. We will come back in three days. King Solomon has passed away, and now Israel once again finds itself needing a king. This week we will discuss 1 Kings chapter 12 and see how a nation was divided. As always, be blessed and enjoy. Alright, welcome back to another episode of A Breath of Fresh Air Podcast. My name is Nakaz Gay. Here with your host, Nakaz. <laughs> and Earl. My name is Earl. Um, yeah, hopefully everyone had a great week. How's it going? We good? We good. We are good on the technicals. We are good. So everyone, hopefully everyone is having a great week. Um, hopefully we guys haven't been too hectic. But through it all, hopefully, you know, you spent some time with God and he was able to provide some calm during the storm and the trials and tribulations of life. This is always a good thing. Always a good time when you get a chance to reflect and during the week and just appreciate God. Like sometimes I just find myself just playing Hillsong gospel piano because mm. I don't want to hear the lyrics too much because, you know, sometimes I get too distracting, but I could just hear like the music and the melody it just keeps me calm. That's good. So I was even played during meetings. Okay. Bro, because sometimes, bro, you just want to tell people, 
Just want to tell people, ah. May God bless you. Amen. <laughs> That's good because I've been struggling with um with certain gospel songs sometimes, bro. Because sometimes, sometimes I, being that I'm in the space where I try to write music for Christ, I try mm-hmm. to understand how people do that. Because the music I'm used to doing is pretty vain, I'll mm-hmm. be honest with you, and pretty like meaningless. Meaning because it doesn't have like purpose and you know it doesn't really glorify God, I would say. But mm-hmm. you know, there's always a purpose, you know, to entertain entertain to make people understand how I'm feeling and stuff. But sometimes I wonder how pe- how do people express themselves when it comes to God? Because I have so much respect for for God, you know, and I don't want to just be saying stuff because it rhymes. And a lot of my songs, I, I said it because it rhymed. Like, and it didn't really matter what I said right here because the, the melodies will be really care about. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like sometimes you got to listen to just the the instruments because the instruments, you know, it's just pure feeling and no analyzing. Sometimes. Exactly, man. The feeling gets conveyed. And, you know, like, it's something we don't talk about too often. And probably I almost don't think we really talk about it that much like on the podcast either. But it's like, man, the feeling, like the actual praise and worship to God. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. when you're in the moment, it's hard to like, you know, describe in words what that feeling is. Because I remember even you said like, well, I don't remember when it was like this past. Anyway, last year sometime, I think you went to like a concert. And he was describing, like, the feeling in the concert when he was like, man, it was like, just have a feeling we have a bunch of worshipers together. And it's kind of hard to put in words, but, like, it's like that feeling when you're in a space where you know, like, it's just me and God. You could be around other people, but you just feel that, like, man, God's connecting with me right now. Mm -hmm. And I just want to, like, thank him for what he's done for me through this week, through my life. Something I'm going through right now, but it's like, man, that feeling, that worship, like... Yeah, it's something. Some, it's definitely it's, something. It's beautiful, and I think it's needed. You know. Yeah, man. Last last week, Friday night, Friday night would just would just pass. Like, I went back and I looked back at like one of my college vespers services. Right, man. And then like, it's like the music that was playing. Obviously, at this point, old, <laughs> like almost like what eight eight years old plus. Anyway. But it's like, man, the feeling that was there, it was almost like I was back in the audience. Because I, I I just remember, like, where I was at that point in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the point where, like, I had, like, you know, was my furthest away from God, mm. I'd want to say. And, like, it just took me back to that moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, it's, it's just, it's just, that's a story for another day. But it's just so wild how, you know, the music and the feeling can take you back and just reflect on how good God has been to you and, Man, whoever's around doesn't matter because, you know, everyone has their own personal experience and relationship with God because God has done great things in your life, my life, everyone's lives. And it's up to us about how we, you know, testify that. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes, remember when I was younger, I'd be in, we would be in church, you know, they have testimony time. Yep. As a kid, I'd be like, oh boy, here we go. It's always so boring. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> yeah. But when you, but like, you know, as I'm an adult now, I'm like, well, one, I was very immature back then. Mm-hmm. But now you, you look at him like, man, like, that's cool. Like, this person actually want, wants to talk about the good things God has done to them. And me on the outside looking in, I don't know what this was, how this impacted their relationship with God. 
and how they're feeling. I mean, we read in the Bible, David was dancing in the streets almost naked. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, who are we to scoff at someone's testimony? Because we have many reasons to be grateful. So, no, I definitely agree. And I, um, I was talking to my friend. Daniel Hall, who's a pastor in South Carolina today, and I was telling him how... We need to get Daniel on the pod. Yeah, we really need to. He was here for like a few hours uh, last, late last year. They were going on a cruise. Mm. But if he's... And, and he has family in the area, well, closer to you. But, you know, if he's ever back in town, um, no questions asked. I'm like, bro, we need you, bro. I don't want to hear nothing, bro. Let's <laughs> no, just get it done. No slapping up. Yeah, no slapping up. And so... I was talking to him about how, like, like mentally I've been in a better place because I've been dieting and exercising. And I was saying how when you, it's like when you give full vent to one part of your life, you know, it, it kind of, like, diminishes the discipline in all areas in your life. And like mm-hmm. One of them parts was, like, my sleep schedule, um, my eating schedule, and also my physical um, activity because... It might be times when it's like, bro, oh man, I don't wanna, I don't wanna work out. You know what I'm saying? But if you don't work out today, then your body gonna feel more heavier tomorrow. You're not gonna, you you actually digging yourself deeper into that. If you decide to overguard yourself today, mm-hmm. then tomorrow you gonna you're not gonna have the resistance to say, hey, no, I'm only gonna eat just a little bit, just what I need. You know what I'm saying? It's like when you lock, when you um, when you continue to over gratify yourself you are breaking one of the fruits of the spirit which is self-control you know and so if you're not in the spirit you actually digging deeper into the flesh you know what i'm saying and so like what i realized is that once i could prove to myself that i could master my diet and not give in to the pleasures of food you know what i'm saying because that's one thing we need to sustain but then you could do more than sustain when it comes to food. You could be leaning on food from a vice perspective. And this isn't something that's going to always be like as pleasurable all the time. You might eat the same thing all the time and it might be amazing to you. But too much of that, it's going to lose that luster. And now if you leaning on this, if I'm leaning on this slice of cheesecake to bring me joy and it ain't hitting the same, <laughs> now I'm really spiraling because I'm like, bro, this ain't doing it for me no more. You feel me? And so it's just really just being able to have discipline and um, work out and feed my like self control mm-hmm. that helped me to like help me in other aspects. Like when I stopped when when I stopped overindulging and eating, I was able to diet obviously, work out harder. But I was able to wake up one time because now I'm like, bro, we not we not in a sluggish state where we just doing whatever we feel like it. No, we doing what's constructive mm-hmm. for ourselves. And I feel like. That's a, a mental and physical battle that you have, right? But I also feel like musically, you know, we need to have some type of some type of structure in the music we listen to as well. Because if we don't praise, bro, I feel like you lack in an aspect of connecting to your creator. When I treat my when I treat my body good, I feel closer to my creator because I'm actually cleaning up his temple you know what i'm saying i'm removing distractions out of my life Mm -hmm. that could cloud my judgment i'm not as deep in the flesh because now i'm using self-control which is a fruit you know we eat fruits like it's a fruit of the spirit you know what i'm saying and from a musical perspective too i feel like when we when we praise when we listen to music that is another component of the human existence that we can connect to our father with you know and I, i i definitely see 
the necessity to actually express yourself like through praise. Whether that just be clapping, you know what I'm saying? Just swaying, um, what they call it, Delcro or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever that is, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't, uh-huh. I, I don't, I don't judge, and I don't know biblically how you can judge because you, we, we, it's everything is written. They don't say, oh. David was hitting the heel and toe, you know what I mean? Or, exactly. or David was whatever. You know, we don't know. We don't know how he danced, but we did know that he expressed himself, you know. That praise and glory and honor to God. Because, yeah. you know, he, he does deserve it. Definitely. He does deserve it. Definitely. So this week we are coming from 1 Kings chapter 12. And as a recap from last week, or just to set the stage, King Solomon has fallen. He has gone to sleep with his fathers he is dead so now we know before he died his heart was turned away from god and he was led to worship other gods he created altars to other gods other mm. abominations mm. to our god and god was needless to say not happy with that at all <laughs> so god told solomon that hey you did not heed my word you did not take my commandments only because of your father david i will not rip the kingdom away from you while you're alive. Mm. But from your son, I surely will do it. And your son will only be left with two of the 12 tribes of of Israel. And I will give the other 10 to someone else. And so now this is where we at. The other person was uh, Jeroboam, who was in charge of the labor force of Israel. And the prophet came to Jeroboam and, and told them that God has chosen you to, you know, lead the, lead the next kingdom of Israel. And God also told him that, hey, your kingdom will be just as great as David's own if you walk in my ways and keep my commandments and, you know, lead the people towards me. So that sets the the stage where we're picking up from in 1 Kings chapter 12. So now I'm going to start reading from verse 1. And Rehoboam, this is really going to be fun. (laughs) And Rehoboam went to Shechem. For all Israel had gone to Shechem to make him king. So it happened when Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, heard it. He was still in Egypt, for he had fled from the presence of King Solomon and had been dwelling in Egypt. So set the stage. When Solomon heard that Jeroboam was going to be like, you know, the one who's going to be king, Solomon pulled a page from King Saul's book and said, "Not in my watch. Not on my watch. My son gonna be king. So what am I? What am I gonna do? I'm gonna kill God's anointed." Hmm. But God was like Solomon, "Let's let's not do this." <laughs> and Solomon just accepted. But Jeroboam, knowing his life was in danger, he fled to Egypt. Which is a very important point that we're gonna come again later. But now we see it in verse three. When Jeroboam heard that. They, they, that they sent and called him. Then Jeroboam and the whole assembly of Israel came and spoke with Rehoboam, saying, Your father made our yoke heavy. Therefore lighten the burdensome service of your father and this heavy yoke which he put on us, and we will serve you. So he said, Depart from me for three days and then come back to me. And the people departed. So I find what's interesting, right? Jeroboam already know. The plan with God set in stone. Right? Mm-hmm. And he's saying, you know what? I don't even need to be king right now in this current passage. Rare boom. Let's just see what you can do. Solomon been toxing us pretty heavily. Yep. 
All we ask is you to, to like lessen this burden on us. That's all it is. We can't take this burden no more. It's 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 almost unaffordable. Yes, your father's living a lavish lifestyle. Many concubines, many guests, men doing all these grandiose, these glorious uh, infrastructural projects, all these buildings and monuments and walls and things. All right, these things finished. We don't need to be getting taxed the same. Lessen the burden, please. Help us out. Do you think that Jeroboam knew the outcome of this? And so he was like kind of laying oh, a snare. A trap. Yeah, like a trap, right? Because it's the next way to rise up with the people against against Rehoboam. Because one, like he might already know Rehoboam's character. Mm-hmm. Get what I'm saying? So one, you kind of, you, you want to have the same type of kingdom that Solomon had and how does Solomon have this kingdom? Part Toxing of the, people. Through these toxins. Yeah. So now what's the best way to win people on your side? Have a cause. Mm-hmm. What is my cause? I want lower taxes for you people. It is, it's is so funny, right? Because we have these same political points as talking points in 2023. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And these were, goodness gracious, 4,000 years ago? That's my 5, estimate. That's years my ago, estimate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like about 4,000 years ago, these were, these were political, these were like political talking points. We want lower taxes mm-hmm. because we can't afford your taxes. And so again, he, he had a cause for people. He's saying, look, I already gone to Rehoboam. I asked for lower taxes. Let's see what he say. Yeah, regardless if it was a snail or not, though, I think because it is a new sheriff in town, Rehoboam being a sheriff, this is the easiest way for us to make a change because Solomon, Solomon reigned for 40 years. We already know how Solomon go. We might already try to have these conversations with Solomon and it didn't work. Or because you know Solomon's character, you know he ain't going for that. The man too wise and ain't nothing you could bring to him that he hadn't already considered. You know, so let's let's try to speak to Rehoboam. Maybe he might be a little more reasonable than that. I mean, I better yet too. It's like, bro, we don't love you like your daddy. Mm-hmm. Like, in more recent times, not to bring this conversation too secular, right? But we had, you know, a very popular family who had a very popular figure who recently died. Mm-hmm. And when their son took over of the family estate, a lot of people was like, yeah, we don't really rock with you like how we rock with your mommy. Mm-hmm. So it's almost the same thing. Yeah, like, yeah, we don't really rock with you like we rock with Solomon. Like, yeah, Solomon going to get away with that, but you, buddy, you. Not you. You is, you is son number 500 years. We don't even know what number son he is. Right. It's the first time we hear but Solomon Church. Yeah, yeah, for true. <laughs> like for true. Solomon had a thousand wives. I I would I would assume that this was son number one. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's my assumption. If but we have nothing to base it off. No, I'm not I'm not saying one of one. I'm with <laughs> you. It might be one of a thousand for all I know. Solomon wasn't even number one. So who knows? That's true. That's true. <laughs> Neither was David. That is true. That is true. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I can't say. I just know it's so interesting. We have the bottle of the bombs right now. <laughs> we got we got rare boom versus Jeroboam. And for some reason, I'm not gonna mix them up, bro. For some reason, I know distinctly who each of them are, but it's not like Mephibosheth and Ishbosheth. Cause that was whooping me. Like, like even <laughs> and bro, you know, even Amnon and Absalom, I, I get them to mix up because I can't remember which one is mm-hmm. the you feel me? But yeah. The booms, you got them. You got I think I get them. the booms. For some reason, but RH, I'm like, I just have to, I, I, like, I can't help but to remember that I come from Solomon. You know what I mean? Like, you do that. That RH, that, all right, cool. Rare boom, yeah. <laughs> so, it's so interesting, like, how, like, 
I don't know if it's because Solomon's name is just so notarized mm-hmm. and, and like it isn't really an old name. Because I'm like, you you were Solomon. Your father was David. Mm-hmm. But you was Rehoboam. Right. And Rehoboam sounds like an older name than Solomon, right? Way older. To me, so does Jeroboam in a way. They but, seen, they, they, they both are booms. But, but, but guess what? Adam is older than all of them, right? And Noah... Bro, I was I was told that Noah was one of like the top names in like 2020, 2021 up to name your child, bro. That's wild. I'm like, turn up, you know what I mean? Like I ain't ignoring it. But some names they just never lose. It's like they they can't be antiquated at all. But then we have the the Isaiah, Nehemiah. Yeah, they all. Right, like Obadiah. Like I'm like that dial suffix is like. I don't know, bro. You're dating yourself there. For real, for real. It's wild, though. Like, it, is, some, it is interesting. Names just age different. And then Elizabeth, right? We had that name in the New Testament, mm-hmm. Mary's cousin. Mm-hmm. But that name seems very old, and we get introduced to that in the New Testament. I don't know. Anyway, little tangent, little tangent. But Rehoboam, he is now confronted by the people. Mm-hmm. And these ain't just regular people making their grievances. These people that worked... In the courts, this was people close to, to Solomon as well. This was Jeroboam leading the park. He was he was one of Solomon's men. And he he actually have a little he have a little bit of guts to him because he already got the assurance from the uh, from the prophet that he was gonna be the next king. Who knows when next king me will be. If you know, know the story of David, you could be the next king and waiting for a while. Real talk. If you have that in mind, he probably did. He probably did. So now he said to Paul, and then, the king, then so in verse six, the king consulted the elders who stood before his father Solomon while he still lived. And he said, how do you advise me that I answer these people? And they spoke to him saying, if you will be a servant to these people today and serve them and answer them and speak good words to them, then they will be your servants forever. Hmm. Sound like sound advice. It does. He's saying, hey, guess what? They coming to you. They ain't riding. They revolting. They, they come into you making they, you know, please known. Mm-hmm. They still like your daddy. He was an excellent line. So they asked you for this thing. It's better to, like, it's, li- it's literally better if you win your people over so they like you before you start doing foolishness. Yep, for sure. So you can at least have some equity with these people. So, they can, so when you start doing foolishness, they might look the other way until you start, until you majorly start messing up. Right, this input equals your output. Exactly. If you do them a solid, they can do you a solid. I mean, I go, I go with so many, <laughs> so many scenarios that fits in. It sounds kind of reasonable if you ask me. Yeah, and, and these are people who was advising Solomon. Yeah, Again, the wisest man. The wisest man, but right. he's still, a, you know, still a so, good counsel. So, for that, from that perspective, we could assume that these are trusted men. Mm-hmm. One because they work for the king, but you didn't just work for any king; you work for the wisest king. So the king trusts your wisdom. You know, they couldn't tell him not to like build that idols and stuff too, but... They probably did. <laughs> they probably See, but did. God told him that. So it don't matter what they do. It don't matter what they tell him. God told him that. God told him that like twice, bro. Like, bro, twice. if you follow after David and don't worship idols and stuff like that. Yeah, no, no, no. The king, the king did what he wanted to do. He's going to see that right now too. For sure. So, all right. Rare boom is like, all right, nah, cool. That's what, whatever. Y'all mm-hmm. telling me what these talks is. Well, I, I really care. We got a second opinion. <laughs> so, 
in verse 8, but he rejected the advice from the elders had given him and consulted young men who he had grown up with who stood before him. Right. He said to them, what advice do you give me? How should we answer the people who have spoken to me saying, lighten the yoke which your father put upon us? So the young men who grown up with him spoke to him saying, thus you should speak to the people who have spoken to you saying, your father made your yoke heavy, but you make it lighter on us. Thus you shall say to them, my little finger shall be thicker than my father's waist. Mm. And now, whereas my father put a heavy yoke on you, I will add to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. Mercy. Mercy. So now, how does how, how that logically make sense? Now, first of all, even before that, this is why it is so important, young people, to watch who you surround yourself with. Why? And not always surround yourself with yes men. You know what I'm saying? Surround yourself with some real people who, when you're doing foolishness, they can check you. They can at least check you. You know what I'm saying? Like, granted, you may still end up doing what you want, but at least you have the perspective about with some real friends who ain't like scared of you or like in fear of you. Or like, you know, who just wanna keep it real with you, like, hey, bro. This ain't a good idea, man. Like, lower the taxes on the people. You know, I'm like, 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 just think, like, just think it out. The elders give you some good advice. Like, it, it makes sense to me. They say, because Solomon gone them because he know they could, he, they could tell him. Not even Solomon, Rare Boom gone them because he, he know his friends could tell him what he wanted to hear. But these numbskulls <laughs> ain't even tell him what he wanted to hear. They say, you know what, bro? Go, Up the honey. Go crazy, bro. Bro, it would have been... You was the king, you know, bro. bro. a simple no would have been, it would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They say... Like, don't... Like, no, don't raise the taxes. The taxes remain, right? Yeah, yeah, just... Like, yeah, yeah, like, people do no action. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing will change. Yeah, nothing will change. These fools tell him the disrespect they show you, bro, you could take that from them. mm can't do that. They know you is it. <laughs> you, that's the that's the typical. They line. know you is it. Oh lord, but you ain't Solomon, bro. You was rare bone, bro. <laughs> Listen to me, bro. Solomon wasn't ready for you. Solomon waist ain't even as the size of your little finger. You feel me? My word. But that's why I think I think that's why the Bible specified that these were the people that he grew up with. Because these like-minded individuals. So, so it's like me when I make music, right? I might send it to somebody and I'd be like, yo, how you feel about this? And no matter what they say, it's like their tone that tells me the story. <laughs> so like, they could be like, bro, this solid. And I'd be like, all right, this ain't not good. But if they be like, yo, this solid. I'm like, all right, now nah, I know. I, I can trust that just uh -huh. based on your reaction. Now, if you, no matter what you tell me, if your tone ain't sufficing for me, I, I start to feel self-conscious about the song. So now I got to go to my yes man now. You see what I'm saying? I got a couple of my people who I know never get this me. You feel me? And so I go into them so that they can kind of like boost, must, confidence right, boost my confidence, you know? And so I think that's exactly what happened. So he went, to, he went to the elders thinking, assuming probably that the elders had instructed Solomon from the jump to raise these taxes. But now we kind of find out the, the elders wasn't really even on that accord, the elders more so trying to appease the people so that we could have a, a good environment and a good nation, a good economy and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And they deny him. They tell him, yo, this ain't a good idea, bro. Listen to them because they ain't tripping. And if you listen to them, bro, they can respect you and everything will be good. But Rare Boom, like, mm, I ain't feeling that, bro. Let me go to somebody 
Let me go to the people who I know thinking just like me. So no diversity. He went to them and they probably told him exactly what he was thinking. Because these are people who grow up with him. So I believe that they was on the same type of time. You know? One thing I wanted to say from <clears throat> Ecclesiastes chapter 2. I, I think mm. I mentioned this last last, um, last episode or maybe the episode before it. Um, when Solomon was in, that, in this chapter, like if you go to... 2 verse 17, he was like, Therefore I hated life because the work that is wrought under the sun is, is grievous unto me for all is vanity and vexation. Like Solomon was almost suicidal. But you talking about, I hate my life, bro. Like I hate life, bro. Like I hate it. Yeah. But then he goes on to say, I hated all my labor, which I had taken under the sun, which was a lot of labor. He did a lot of majestic stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Because not that anything was wrong with the labor. I hate my labor because I could die one day. He said, because I should leave it unto the man that should be after me. That's why he ate his labor. <laughs> Nothing to do with the labor. But now I got to trust this in the hands of a, a person. Somebody else, right? You see, and I ain't going to be there. You feel me? He said, and who knoweth whether he shall be a wise man or a fool? Yet numbskull. Or numbskull. <laughs> numbskull. Yet shall he rule over all my labor, wherein I have labored, and wherein I showed myself wise under the sun. This is vanity. Yeah, right. But come on, Solomon. David, <laughs> David, leave everything to you. Right. <laughs> like, right. Like, I mean, I get it. No, I ain't discrediting what he's saying. And it is all vanity. But Solomon, come on. He mad, but not that. You see, Solomon, Solomon don't have a point with leaving your stuff to wise, to wise offspring. It's the fools that he have a problem with. You know what I mean? Wait, and, and, and from his perspective too, probably wasn't the best father because how could you be when you have too much turn? I agree. You so, have too much children and you have so many other pursuits and you just got a lot going on. He's like, I don't even know these children can come up after me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what parenting was like during that time. Like, because I feel like we have a Western view of it where we where we care a lot and it's these are valuable. This is valuable to upbringing your child, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't know. All of the patriarchs, I'm like, bro, were you there? Like, Jacob, bro, you had 12. You had 12 sons. Mm -hmm. We know you had at least one daughter. Were you around, bro? You know what I mean? Like, because I know you had a lot of wars. Like they, were, they were up to their own devices. Right. I was telling my mom, I was like, I was talking about Jacob's two wives. Mm -hmm. I was like, bro, the man had two wives, but he really had four. You know what I mean? Because all of them come with, with someone else too. Mm -hmm. So you got to deal with four ladies mm -hmm. and their children. all of them give them turn. Right. And, and they was beefing. The sides, they were not cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like they, they had some type of rivalry. Now imagine a king with a thousand women in the rotation, you know? But, I, I, but it's hard for me to comprehend that, bro. It's hard for me to comprehend that he cared about women that was his wives and, and concubines for real. Because if you can't, you cannot give them the type of time that any relationship needs for nurturing. You just can't. It's, I feel like it's mathematically improbable. Bro. Like, you only live to be like 60, 70. You know what I mean? If 70, yeah. probably 60, because you say like you 60, was young. Because yeah. you say you was young when you started, you know? And so... With women who are adults who are a little more understanding, you probably don't have the time for. I could imagine the children, you understand what I'm saying? Who the child, the child like in, in the young stages, they may not even realize how absent you are for real, for real, you know, because they're young, they so can't really process what's going on. All his children name, probably not. <laughs> He's the wisest man, yeah. So, so he probably did. So he probably did, you know, especially, if he named, especially if he named everyone, he probably, he probably didn't remember. But at the end of the day, we see Rail Boom. 
who has become Solomon's just based off this one line that we see with the with the little pinky, uh, the pinky and the, and the and the waist analogy. We see where where he is not right, where he is he is becoming Solomon's worst nightmare. Fox, you know, and not to give Solomon no bail. Solomon was probably David's worst nightmare too. David probably only knows Solomon until he was about twenty years old, right? David don't know the next forty years what the man was doing. I leave my kingdom to you, and you had to squander. You had to squander, bro, because you won't worship idols. Hold on, bro. The one thing you shouldn't do, bro. You building idols in the city of David? Mercy. That does sound right. Oh my. I uh, I know. So in verse fifteen, the king did not listen to the people, for the turn of events was from the Lord that he might fulfill his word which the Lord had spoken by Ahisha, the Shilonite, to Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. Now when all Israel saw that the king did not listen to them, the people answered the king, saying, What share do we have in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. To your tents, O Israel, now see to your own house, O David. So Israel departed to their tents. Do you find it interesting that they said tents and not houses? No, <clears throat> I I just assumed that it was either or in them time. Because like <clears throat> when I look at pictures of Jerusalem, a lot of the houses, well, in that city and like that holy city, mm-hmm. it's like made in the stone. Like it ain't like made of like cement, cinder block or wooden houses. It's like it's carved into the stone. And so it's like it's only so much stone for everybody to have, you know what I'm saying? So I feel, I just assume some people had tents, some people had house, because David was walking on top of his house when he saw Bathsheba, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And obviously Solomon had a house, you know what I mean? A big one. So, yeah, I think it's either all. <clears throat> yeah, so it's also interesting too, like how we say back to your point earlier that, you know, God was still orchestrating the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Essentially, again, hardened Rehoboam's heart mm-hmm. to not listen to his elders, to listen to his friends, because, again, God was fulfilling his word, which he made to his father, Solomon. Like, no, this kingdom won't get taken away from you by one way or the other. So why, Dave? Why are they taking it out on David? <laughs> so why are they bringing David up? Yeah, why are they bringing David up? That's like, that's like, that's like the olden school diss, man. When we modded you, we could be start referencing your parents. Boy. But David is the parent. You understand what I said? <laughs> so it's like rare born parent is Solomon. <laughs> Solomon parent is David. But uh, they go on to the son of Jesse. Yeah, but I think because because we gotta go back to like even David's time. These northern tribes, Israel, as we're gonna start seeing, we're gonna start really getting into the difference between Israel and Judah now. But Israel was already feeling some kind of way because the kingdom was already in Jerusalem, already in the south. Mm-hmm. They almost they already starting to feel like they weren't a part of the kingdom. Everything was just being looked for down, you know, in the south. Mm-hmm. So they're like, all right, you toxin us. You're done treating us bad. We tired of you. Mm-hmm. We don't need to deal with this. We can just do our own thing now. You know, you're saying, oh, Israel returned to your tents. Oh, yeah, we're going back up north. At mm-hmm. this point, like we, 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 that might be why they was intense though, because they might have just they might have been coming down yeah, too. Yeah. I think I think that's probably the reason why. <clears throat> oh, that makes that makes a lot of sense though. That makes a lot of sense, but you could already see the tension boiling up between the tribes. Mm-hmm. You know, because from David time, remember at the end, they when David came back to the 
to the to the to Israel, they was like they were telling Judah like why y'all get to like have him like isn't he our king too? And he's like, but yo, y'all chill like he you know from our tribe, right? And they was ready to step away from then, but they just like you know let tension subside. David finished out his reign, Solomon finished out his reign, but now they saying hold on, it's getting kind of ridiculous now. <laughs> tension starting to get little little high again with between them. All right. So in verse seventeen, but Rehoboam reigned over the children of Israel who dwelt in the cities of Judah. So now we're seeing, it, it's kind of very, like, slightly, but we're seeing, okay, now Rehoboam dwelt over, like, the cities of Judah, but these Israelites kind of, like, rejected him as their king. In verse 18, then King Rehoboam, kind of, you know, we, we suddenly just start referring to him as king, <laughs> just in case y'all forget, he was, he was right. actually a king. Yeah. Then King Rehoboam sent Adoram, who was in charge of revenue, but all Israel stoned him with stones and he died. I see. Therefore, King Rehoboam mounted his chariot and hastened flee to Jerusalem. Hold on, hold on. So he sent Adullam to collect. Yeah. And they kill him. Adullam is a fool. Yeah, he, he's a fool. He, he just didn't understand how hostile this Wait, think this about scenario. it now, right? All right, guys. I didn't want to pay you $400. <laughs> you asking me to pay you $1,800 now? No. What happened? <laughs> This ancient days, they, they had they saw it ready. No, shoot, they had a sword, they had a stone. I remember I was telling you, the, city, the city was like <laughs> stone, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Who needs gunpowder? No, I got this arm. <laughs> <laughs> Little bit of elbow grease, he ain't hurt nobody. But they, they stoned the mine, bro. Cold. Cold. My boy literally catch a streak. Boy. That wasn't even meant for him. I thought you don't kill the messenger. <laughs> no, the message is stupid. <laughs> we just talked about being a fool, right? <laughs> yeah, right? You know tensions high. Boy. You know tensions high. How in good conscience I could come here and talk to y'all now? Boy. He doesn't even read the room. Not at all. Boy. Not at all. He ain't read the room at all. Stone your boy cool. Wait, so now... <laughs> so we see they stole him, but what's Ray Boom do? <laughs> Phew. <laughs> he had to go he had to go skip He's like, out I gotta go make it back to my safe house boy. I gotta get out yeah. I gotta go where it's safe oh man he can't join though he can't join quick he say but they do to him what Montreal they can do to me exactly boy man so Israel had been in rebellion against the house of David to this day which is so funny because this is like one of the first times you read to this day. Mm-hmm. And it's almost really true still to this day. Because, I mean, y'all ain't even a kingdom or no more at all, for real. And then even to this day, and I might be wrong, bro. I'm just speaking on my assumption and stuff, right? We don't speak about Israelites no more. We speak about Jews, which is the right. And I'm not trying to be. No, I see you laughing. But I ain't trying to be quoted as anti-Semitic or any of them things. I ain't talking about that. I talking about how Jew is derived from the southern no, I, kingdom. I get right? you. I get okay. you. I know I get you. I get you. I get you. I don't no, get us capital. I get you. I get you. That's facts. <laughs> You're done. And so they don't speak about Israelites. You know what I mean? They really don't. They really don't. And like that's anyway, that's that's a that's a whole conversation. I'd almost even recommend y'all go listen to a couple other channels who who who, 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 who try to tackle this topic who try, who try to very it down. more eloquently because it gets all historical and timeline-ish. Like, because now we have 
we today we have a nation called Israel. Mm-hmm. But the debate now in different certain nope, I'm not even touching that. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the Holy Spirit say, don't touch that right yeah, now. Dog. Just know, that. just know. Don't touch that. During this current time when we was reading, right? There were 12 tribes. One don't really get no shine, right? Because when they split it, it was like 10 tribes and then they they equated to being one tribe mm-hmm. in the South, but it was actually two based on context clues in the Bible. It was Judah and Benjamin. Mm-hmm. And all 12 of those together, that was Israel. You understand what I'm saying? Now, Judah is just one of 12, you know? Exactly. So like, and Takasi's point, this... Because from this point on in the Bible, you're really going to start hearing Northern Kingdom and Southern Kingdom. Right. Kingdom of Israel, Kingdom of Judah. And the distinction right now is going to be very important, but it's still hard to wrap your head around because these are it, it's still supposed to be one nation, but now they kind of broke off into two separate nations. Yep. But it's still one set of people. Two nations under God. Mercy. <laughs> Mercy. Mercy. Okay. <laughs> That was okay. So where were we? Were I think we were in twenty one. Oh no. Yeah, we we around like twenty eight. Yeah, we we never finished twenty. Now it came to pass when all Israel heard that Jeroboam had come back. They sent for him and called him to the congregation, and made him king over all of Israel. There was none who followed the house of David, but the tribe of Judah only. Hmm. And when Jeroboam came to Jerusalem, he assembled all the house of Judah with the tribe. Of Benjamin. See, now we're seeing Benjamin getting a little shine again. Yeah, it just so it's just, like it is confusing because <laughs> let's say, let's say we skip, let's say, let's say you don't really retain this chapter and the chapter before. Moving forward, it's just the kingdom of Judah. It's just the kingdom of Judah. And then we just know the northern 10 tribes, but they don't even say what the 10 tribes are, right? They just say kingdom of Israel now. Right. And then, and then when we keep going, it can say kingdom of Israel, kingdom of Judah, or the northern and the southern tribes, mm-hmm. right? But it's like that Benjamin is the X factor. And we only know that because Benjamin fought against Israel, which means that it could not have been a part of Israel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's just interesting because like I when I when I when I read through Kings last year. I missed the part where they identified Benjamin. And so it, it, it was cringy to me because I'm like, bro, it's 12 tribes of Israel. So why we only say Jerusalem? And then they say the other 10 tribes. Like, why they keep saying that? You know what I'm saying? But yeah, so it's, it's Benjamin. And I guess Benjamin might not have been that big of a tribe still. I, I think it was ever small. Yeah, they was ever small. And then they almost get depleted in, um, the, in the end of Judges. Was it Judges? Yeah, at the end of Judges. I'm left-handed people. Yeah. Mercy. So in verse 21, And when Rehoboam came to Jerusalem, he assembled all the house of Judah with the tribe of Benjamin, 180,000 chosen men who were warriors to fight against the house of Israel, that he might restore the kingdom of Rehoboam to the son of Solomon. The the kingdom of Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. Mm -hmm. But the word of God came to Shimeiah, the man of God saying, "Speak to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, king of Judah, to the house of all of to the to all the house of Judah and Benjamin, and to the rest of the people, saying, Thus says the Lord: You shall go up; you shall not go up, nor fight against your brethren, the children of Israel. Let every man return to his house, for this thing is from me." Mm. Therefore, they obeyed the word of the Lord and turned back according to the word of the Lord. So it's interesting. 
Rayaborn. And again, so this this even like someone just come to me too. Like you realize this whole time. Rehoboam, again, he turned to his wise men and not God. Which in I don't think that would have helped because God said to fulfill his word to Solomon and Jeroboam. Mm -hmm. But you didn't talk to the Lord yourself. You just was like, all right, God, they asked me about tax. What should I do? No, nope. mm -hmm. wise men, I don't like y'all answer. Friends, what y'all got to say? Yeah, I'll just go with y'all answer. Yep. Then you really see, he really did come back and bite you. Now you're saying, again, you ain't talking to God. You're saying, but I'm going to go fight y'all. <laughs> I better take my thing, bro. Exactly. I'm about to go try to fight for this kingdom back. But then we have this prophet who was a man of God. Mm -hmm. It's interesting how we don't even know where some of these prophets just come from. Just because, like, oh. like, shimmy, I, 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 I almost go on Google him just now because I, like, I wonder if we come across him yet. I don't remember him. Yeah. Because I was like, the other one was Ahijah. Yeah. And now we see we have contemporary prophets hmm. who just, you know, have they, who, who God speak to to go talk to the king. But what's interesting is that Rehoboam listened. Because someone who didn't seem to have a connection with God actually listened when the word of God came and the man of God came and delivered the word. And he just said, all right, cool. There's no fighting this. I will surely not win this battle. So let me just stand by. And more importantly, too, I think it's why he also said, tell it to the army. So the army knows, all right, this hmm. is from God. Let's stand just, down. Let's just stand down. We, we ain't making no sense. Hmm. So now, in verse 25, we start switching to Jeroboam. Then Jeroboam built Shechem in the mountains of Ephraim. A lot has happened in these mountains of Ephraim. Real dog. And a lot has happened in this Shechem, in the, in the land of Shechem. They still relevant to this day. From time. From time. And it's funny you mentioned the one daughter of Jacob. Who oh, we yeah. Know about. Very true. And this is Shechem is the first time, we, you know, we heard of that story in the book of Genesis. And they dwelt there in Shechem in the mountains of Ephraim. Also, he went out from there and built Penuel. And Jeroboam said in his heart, Now the kingdom may return to the house of David if these people go offer their sacrifices in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem. Then the heart of, the, of this people will turn back to their Lord, Rehoboam, king of Judah, and they will kill me and go back to Rehoboam, king of Judah. So on one hand, we have Rehoboam who did not consult God with his decision they increase taxes, right? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until they go to fight that a simple talk with God or a simple communication from God told them, hey, you're not going to win this. You might as well just go back because this is from me. Mm -hmm. And then we have Jeroboam, the, the king of the 10 northern tribes, who was saying that, oh, if they ever go to Jerusalem to worship, I am, they are going to be turned away from me and they're going to kill me and they're going to go back to they are true king, Rehoboam. And it's like, God just told Rehoboam that, yo, your kingdom done, bro. Your king, your, forget about the, the northern ten tribes, bro. I've taken that away from you. Like this, from, this is happening because of me. But how does Jeroboam not get that? You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's the same story from two different sides, but both sides are missing a pivotal part, which is God's role in all of this. Exactly. Exactly. Keep going. Yeah, no, no. And Jeroboam had he had the he had the the um advantage because he knew about this before Rehoboam. Exactly. Based on the how the Bible is written, because Rehoboam could have still known of it before, because God came to Solomon first and told Solomon that. Mm -hmm. So now, if Solomon, being a wise man that he 
is credited to be, you know, was considering um, the kingdom in, in the future, he would he should have told Rehoboam, hey, yo, God's going to take these 10 tribes away from you. I don't understand how Solomon could have not tell Rehoboam that, but it is possible, you know what I'm saying? But the fact of the matter is we know Jeroboam for sure know that it was divine that he was the king of ten of of those ten tribes. So his his line of reasoning is like it's just it just shows a lack of faith in God personally. Only a lack of faith in God. That's the only way he could have like thought that his kingdom was in jeopardy, like at all. No, and bro, that's exactly where I was going with this, right? Because think about it. <clears throat> God Himself told you, literally last chapter first. You know, if you Man, what, what what was it? It was like First Kings eleven verse. Nah, I lost it. When he, which one are you talking about? When Solomon was oh, when with um when when, God, he, when, when Ahijah met with, with um Jeroboam. Yeah, yeah, that's First Kings eleven. Um, it's it's towards the ending, mm -hmm. uh, like twenty nine. <clears throat> they met him. Take your garments, but he shall have. Oh, Bing, right there. And nope, that's still that part. Okay. Which part are you looking at? So for 32 says, But he shall have one tribe for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen out of the tribes of Israel, because they have forsaken me and worship Ashtoreth, the mm -hmm. goddess of the Sidonians, Shemosh, the god of the Moabites, Milcom, the god of the people of Ammon. 37. Just to help you out. Oh, okay. Let's jump down. Yeah, <laughs> jumping down to 37. Yeah. So I will take you. And you shall reign over all your heart desires, and you shall be king over Israel. Mm -hmm. Then it shall be, if you heed all that I command you, walk in my ways, and do what is right in my sight, capital M on all of these my's, by the way, to keep my statutes and my commandments as my servant David did, then I will be with you and build for you an enduring house as I built for David and will give Israel to you. So, God promised you this. And on your first act as king, you almost forbidden your people to go worship their God. Mercy. Because it's one thing, bro, it's one thing if he say, all right. Granted, you should have just talked to God first. God will tell you, bro, so let them go worship you. Because I already made you this promise. Now, if you worship, if you follow me, nothing's going to be wrong. You don't have to worry about your people. You already have the numbers on your side. You have 10 out of 12. Yep. What you worried about? Arguably, your kingdom should be greater than the house of David now because they didn't fumble the bag. Mm -hmm. But you worried. So the first thing you could do is almost forbid your people from worshiping God in the temple, where we know the presence of God literally is. Mm -hmm. You're saying, oh, I scared people to go in there because of that. But instead, all right. I could see you say, all right, I'm going to build a second temple. But he didn't even do that. I was just thinking that through. I was like, bro, it's a difference between you saying, God, man, I really want, I really want too much smoke and confusion, man. Let's, let's, let me have a temple on my side so we don't come down there. But you say, you say no, bro. And boy, wait till we get down to what he releases. Exactly. So therefore the king asks advice. And my name is asks advice from who? Who you asked this advice from, bro? Not Solomon Wise, man. Because they, they didn't even say who he asked advice. They said the king asked advice. Mm -hmm. Then made two gold calves. What? Bro, who he asked? The devil himself? <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying, who bro. Who asked Aaron for advice? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, bro, who did you ask for? At least we know. 
At least we know Rayaboom going to the Elders first. Right. Then he going to his numbskull friends. Right, give us context. Bro, this guy, bro. Who, who did you go to, bro? You just say, bro, I, what I can do? All right, this is what I can do. Like, you just ask yourself. Did he go to Pharaoh? <laughs> like, bro, I, no, I was joking before when I said the devil himself, right? But remember, he used to live in Egypt. Quite literally. Like, again. <laughs> bro, that and, is okay. crazy. So, he made two calves of gold and said to the people, is it too much for it you? Is, it is, it too is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Here are your gods, O Israel, which brought you from the land of Egypt. Mercy. What? That sounds like how, so, yeah. very, 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 very. But I'm like, oh, how you even get to Egypt? Right. These people only read about Egypt. Like, oh, we read about Egypt. Right now, you know, you're running out for even saying that Egypt. But do you not remember the last time somebody said these exact things and this exact thing in this exact circumstance? It didn't go well. It did not go well. Y'all need Moses here for y'all? <laughs> right, real dog. Because I'm like, bro, how you, bro, the judges that happened, we didn't have a whole almost civil war where y'all almost, think of y'all, y'all get a king, y'all had another king, y'all had another king since then, and this last one just reigned for 40 years, so what you talk about Egypt? Bro. Yeah, that, that's crazy. I think Exodus 30, is the first time here, and to me, yeah, that's just my assumption. I mean, no, that's wrong. Anyway, Exodus 32. Exodus 32. So for those unfamiliar, read Exodus 32. This is um when Moses and all of the Israelites left Egypt. God, um, Moses was on the top of the mount talking to God. While they were at the bottom, the um Israelites, they was like, Man, I don't know if Moses even coming back, but we need something to worship. Aaron put together some things and they he make a but if you let him tell it. If you let him tell if it. If you let him tell it, he just throw all the gold into the fire and, and out came a calf. And out came a calf. <laughs> that's that's his story. And you could you could tell me if that sound like that makes sense to you. But um <clears throat> he said the same thing. He said, yo, and to me, when people say, This is your gods that um that brought you out of Egypt, I internalize that as saying, not not that saying that this calf brought you out of Egypt. But God, who, when, remember when Moses asked God for his name, he just said, I am, right? We have this God whose name we can't really, um, we can't really, like, capture, like, who he really is by name, right? And we don't even have a face for the name. So, basically, he's saying that God, you remember, like, if, let's say I describe an Earl, someone to Earl, and I don't know his name, and I say, yo, Earl, you don't remember your boy who I used to see on the street who had the, who had the red car? That's my, that's my cousin. You feel mm-hmm. me? So your boy who had the red car, that's my cousin because you don't have the name. So that's how I internalize this. They saying, yo, this the same God. Remember your boy who brought you all out of Egypt, the God? This him here. You feel me? This the this the visual representation of him. That's how I internalize that. Not as saying like this calf specifically brought you out of Egypt. I internalize that. Because obviously we just made this calf. Like I don't, I don't. And, 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 you know, I don't know what people believe back in them days, but I don't think it makes sense that you think this specific calf brought you out of Egypt. But the, I think they're saying the God who brought you out of Egypt, this is how we look, and this is our channel to, to communicating with him. I mean, that's a, I mean, that's probably really and truly what he was doing. Yeah. Because one would argue, come on, people, y'all know God isn't in this calf. Like, right. y'all know the one true God, but it was like a physical representation of this God. Because think about it from his perspective. What is he trying to do? He is one trying to win over his people now and make it more convenient for them. Hey, guys, what am I telling you? One, I give me all two locations because we're going to see one is in Bethel and one's in Dan. Mm-hmm. 
And with this replacing, y'all don't have to travel all the way to Jerusalem, mm-hmm. which in perspective is in the south. You don't have to go all the way down south once a year to go to the temple and worship. I give them two locations. But again, it's so wrong because now you're really, one, just a blatant abomination of God at this point. Two, you ain't consult God. Mm. Three, your own insecurities and your own pride allow you for your very first act to pretty much be a snare to your own people. God said, follow me and worship my and keep my commandments and do all that I ask you to do and walk in my ways. But the very first thing you do is walk in your own sight, bro. Yeah. That's the very first thing you do right out the gate. And you know you was wrong, bro. You know you was wrong. I want to make a deep dive on, and I, I, I don't want to be factually incorrect, but I have like an assumption on this, like my own take. Mm. This is a case of somebody crafting how how to worship God, right? Because God give him a list of gods not to be like, hey, don't be like this people God, that people God, this, that, and the third, right? Mm-hmm. Jeroboam, he could he may in clear conscience say, hey, I ain't break your, your that rule. Cause this calf, ain't none of them is worship a calf. I make a new calf, I make a new person to represent you. I do that. And it's him being zealous in the wrong way. It's like, it's like um, what's the name? Cain from the beginning. <laughs> God say, yo, do the sacrifice. Because it has a, it's a reason why I'm asking you for this and these things of meaning. I ain't just asking you to, to do something just for just for for smiles and giggles. You know what I mean? Like, there is a reason behind everything I'm asking you to do. Right? Fox. Yep. And can't take Madison to his own on, but God say, bro, you defeating the purpose. There's a purpose, right? So Jeroboam is saying, yo. I God, I I I could do something for you. I could do something to represent you, so that. And remember, he giving God the credit because God Yahweh is who brought them out of Egypt, and he's saying, "Yo, this golden calf, this represent Yahweh. That's how we doing it. This mm-hmm. uh, this 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 new thing I invented. That's how we doing it. And the reason why I and, and I also want to make a note that in the temple there were golden calves, bro, and there was this big pot. On top of bowl. it, a big bowl. <laughs> it was with 10 of them or 12 of them. Right. So, like, like just to be completely frank, this isn't exactly far-fetched. He ain't pull this from far. He know what was in that temple. Oh, yeah, it was golden calves in there. Oh, granted, it was seraphims and other stuff he could have. I feel like that would have been a much better a substitute, even though none of them would have been applicable. It would have been much more understandable to me. Cherubim, I, sh- yeah. I should say, mm-hmm. not better, un- more understandable to the cars. But Jeroboam is basically saying... I cut in corners and I take in things into my own hands with my own wisdom because this makes sense to me. Oh, there was golden calves in there. All right. But mind you, the golden calves that were in the temple were not to be worshipped. Nope. No statue in that temple was to be worshipped. The Ark of the Covenant was not to be worshipped, right? But now Jeroboam, he just remixed everything that God was saying. And the point I'm trying to make is a lot of theology and a lot of practices is man-made traditions that is a remix of what God asks us to actually do. Mm-hmm. And because we remixing this, we taking some of the purpose out of what God asks us to do. It's you're defeating the purpose. There's a purpose behind this, behind all of this that I asked you to do. And you just you just cutting you're, you just cutting all of that out by trying to be zealous. It reminds me of Cain. You know what I'm saying? And I just wanted to add that perspective because it ain't it ain't like to me. I don't look at Jeroboam just saying, bro, this man just all the way bugging. I look at him as saying, he's 
stupid. Like I, I, I know best to say that like it's idiotic. The the um the thought process he did mm-hmm. he, he 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 went about using, but I can see that he was just copying and pasting certain things like mm-hmm. from based on what he see, mm-hmm. based on what he saw. Yeah, that's a valid point. Like he could see he was really like just replicating what was done, but going about in a way where when it was no consultation for God, because again. To me, it's like one of the first examples of someone trying to bend religion to their own liking. Mm-hmm. And the way you, like, like you know, because you still try to say, we're worshiping the one true God, but how are we doing it? You're trying to go about it in your own way to make it more convenient for you to win over the people, not in a way that God authorized or sanctified. You know what I'm saying? Because you decide to, lead, like, okay, we are going to worship God this way. You know what I'm saying? And that wasn't what God asked you to do at all. Right. So again, it might have been good intentions, but wrong execution. Wrong yeah. execution. Wrong consultation. Everything at that point. You know. You know. It's a secular quote that say the, the path to hell is paved paved with good intentions. Right. Oh, I tell you. I find I find a lot of truth in that, bro. Because <clears throat> throughout the history of Christianity, Christianity specifically, like post Christ's death and resurrection, we we have seen kings that remix the word of God mm-hmm. and implement their own practices and did and it gets to a point where it's like, oh, this is a must do. Or that you will die if you don't do this. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And we even have things that kind of trickle down, trickle down, trickle down, all the way to the year of our Lord 2023. And we still do these things to, to this day. You know what I'm saying? The consequences are different, but we have people who hold a lot of stuff at high regard. And these things were not birthed from the Bible. This was just a, a, a man, mm-hmm. a king, a pope, a religious leader, an emperor at the time say, yo, yo, this will be doing. You feel me? Or else. Do it or else, you know? And people have done it. Nah, I ain't gonna say, turn around and say everything that a human being has done is wrong. But my thing is, if it's comp- if it's contradicting the Bible... You can, how can we side? How can we side with that in pure faith? Or if what is being asked of me is not supported by the Bible, you should be just suggesting this to me. You shouldn't be like demanding I do this or do that. And my thing is, it's up to my it's up to my conviction. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. if I wanna like just for instance, like you know Jesus say, "Here's my body and here's the blood, um, which is the 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 unleavened bread." And the grape juice or wine, you know, as they as they use that word in the in the New Testament, do this in remembrance of me, mm-hmm. right? But we do this every thirteenth Sabbath. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? If somebody get mad at me for doing it on the fourteenth Sabbath, or on the first Sabbath, it's like I don't see like I don't see that being a real argument because exactly. the Bible don't say how often. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like it's some denominations do it every, every week, week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so like these these type of things, I'm like. You could suggest what I do, mm-hmm. but to demand me doing this thing, you know what I'm saying? Show me biblically that we should be doing this. And, and like <clears throat> my step on a little, some some toes in our Adventist people, like even when it comes to like being vegetarian or even vegan, you can suggest that to me. Like I respect that, you know, and I understand all of the, the advantages, but to demand someone to live this lifestyle, it's like biblically, is this a salvific thing? You know what I'm saying? Like I understand you, you that's like, that's like me saying, bro, Earl, bro, you might as well start taking the Sabbath from Thursday evening, just giving God two days out the week. 
You know what I mean? I can suggest it, but to demand you doing it, you feel me? Like I, I, I don't feel like personally that's what God is asking us based on Scripture. Exactly. And so we have Real Bomu done this, and we can see the nasty impact of this. We can see how this is not a good idea. Mm-hmm. But if we were in Israel, we would have had some pushback on it. But the way it was, the way it's packaged. If you don't know the word and know that. Know the word enough to understand how this is incorrect. I'll you just can know history from, oh, from that perspective. I'm like, it's a direct callback to what was happening. But keep right, going, that, keep going, keep going. And so history slash the word, which would mm-hmm. be like the synonymous thing, because like you mm-hmm. know, this was like nation and religion combined at the exactly, same time, right? So exactly. if you know history and you understand how this is wrong, like no matter how somebody frame it. You will not be deceived. You're like, bro, this ain't right, bro. Like, but guess what? All of Israel start doing it. Well, exactly. in bro, it's like people might have pushed back, but the people pushing back was not as strong as the people following. Mm-hmm. And it come to a point where people start doing this. And and my understanding or my belief is that people do this because they was able to buy in because it made sense, bro. Because not but because if it was blatantly like, oh, I want you to worship Satan or this and that, but who could do that, bro? Like the devil's deception is subtle and it's it's convincing. If Jeroboam turned to them and say, yo, this just like in the temple, you ain't missing nothing. This golden calf is the same thing. And guess what? This thing represent the God who brought you out of Egypt because mm-hmm. it represent the tabernacle, which represent the ten of meeting. You understand what I'm saying? Who, how If someone bring it to you like that, you, you can start to think, you know, you do have, you do have a point because of all the similarities. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's half-truths that, that they've given you in this deception. You know? And I, my, my point my point, I really just trying to make is that, like, Bible first. The Word of God come first. Absolutely. It's a lot of ways, bro. It's, it's so many different outlets and different, like, philosophies that are start off biblically based. But they take a right and a left. You know, that's why we have so many different denominations. And some of these denominations, they, they have vastly different... Beliefs Beliefs. and doctrines and theology, but it's the same book. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It should, well, for the most part, you know what I mean? Some people got their little remixes. Right. Some people got their remixes, but in my mind, it's like, bro, if when the deception comes around, if you don't know the Bible in a deep deep lesson, in in a deep way, you wouldn't even understand how this nuance is wrong. On face value, might be like, this this right, this right. But it's a nuance. It's like something so subtle, it's something so subtle. You know what I mean? Like, I, I hear when guys say before, like, money, if Revelation say, the very elect may be deceived in the time of the Matthew end. 24, verse 24. Oh, oh, yeah, Matthew, Matthew 24. The, yeah. the very elect may be deceived. He says, so think about it. If you win them very elect, what happened to you? What happened to you? You will? If, if they get swing. <laughs> if, the, if the top of the top is a chance for them. Right, it's a chance for them. About you, what you think God with you? You don't stand a chance. You could be ready right eating it up for sure. You could be ready right to be the one. It. Got the very leg thinking, maybe I roll, maybe I jump in, <laughs> maybe I jump in. And that's for real. But when I feel like, I feel like you know, this might be competitiveness in me, but the goal is to be elect. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with me saying that the goal is to be devout and to understand the word, you know, and even them, it's a possibility. Bro. Oh mercy! It's all about the packaging, like we say. Real dog. All right, we got a couple of verses here. I gotta like try to finish this up, and then we can just discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, we see he set up in Bethel and then Dan. So now, in verse thirty. Now this thing became a sin. 
for the people went to worship before as one as far as Dan. He also made shrines in high places and made priests from every class of people who were not the sons of Levi, which again was very wrong. Then Jeroboam ordained a feast on the 15th day of the eighth month, like the feast that was in Judah, Mm. and offered sacrifices on the altar. So he did at Bethel sacrificing to the calves that he had made, and at Bethel he installed the priests of the high places which he had made. So he made offerings on the altar which he had made at Bethel on the 15th day of, of the eighth month, in the month which he had devised in his own heart. So now we're seeing who he... Who he really is. No, who he uh, who he asked advice from? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He didn't ask advice from nobody. Yeah, he actually like he 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 came up with this stuff himself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like he literally leaned onto his own understanding. There was no consultation of any elders. There was no consultation of God. He said, "This is what I could do." And then he appoint people who had no credential. And even if they did have credential, well, they couldn't have credential. Like like my thing is like even if they did have a background and they had wisdom, they were not of the priestly clan. Like, is my thing is, bro. You have to try Levi. Yeah, you have to. I was just thinking <laughs> like, that. I was just thinking that, but I think I remember the Levites, they were spread. Yeah, they, 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 they didn't really have a tribe anymore. Per se, right, they, they didn't was, really have land for me. Exactly. Like, yeah. But still, <clears throat> I show you a couple of Levites among your ranks. For sure. No, they, they had the, the lion's share of Levites. <laughs> like, you could at least do something right. You and know. then after one more verse, part of verse, and he ordained a feast for the children of Israel <clears> and offered sacrifices on the altar and burnt incense. And that's the end of chapter 12. And so, all right. So initially he come out and say, yo, this, 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 the, um, the God who brought you out of Egypt, this God, this, look at him. That's, mm-hmm. that's who God is. You know what I mean? And then as, as the text progress, we get to see his true intentions. He wanted to manufacture everything God, everything God do. Bro, think about it, bro. He was trying to, I ain't gonna say change times and laws, right? But he was basically making his own feast days. But he, he invented a new religion. Right. He invented a... A carbon copy. Yeah, it's like an offshoot. Right. He literally, it, it's, it's, it was literally like... He started a new religion, bro. Straight up, bro. Yeah. And was, he followed yeah, a blueprint. Yeah, it's like the Reformation almost. Right. He <laughs> start, he's, right. And so it's like, all right, hmm, we got shrines, you know, God damn, um, the, the Ju- Judah. Again, in the Israel of making old. it more convenient for the people. Like, guess what? Y'all have your calves in Dan and Bethel. But guess what I can do for y'all? Y'all don't even have to go there if y'all don't want to. I'm making these other places where y'all can set up and go and worship and altars right. and bang. Sacrifice to God. Again, God didn't tell you to do none of this. And then he had even had feast days. He even had a feast day. Making your own feast making days. Making your own feast day. And it's like, it's so funny because, <laughs> bro, if you get throughout the Old Testament... And you do some deep research on the Old Testament, you see you see the reason behind the feast days. You see how, how the, every feast day pointed to Christ in a different aspect. All of these things was a remembrance to say, yo, we will be redeemed at some point in time, mm-hmm. right? You just making this feast day on air. You know what I mean? You just making this a random holiday just to do, you know? Exactly. And so we see his true intentions, bro. His true intentions with making the golden calf was not to say like, they saw you worshiping God. You know what I mean? His true intention was to make sure he dictate how people worship, period. You know? Yeah. And I was telling you before, Paul, right? Like, it's these next couple of verses, chapters, I should say. It's like an inverted parallel of, of Exodus. Mm-hmm. Almost, right? Just even take, like, the beginning of this of this chapter. Because you probably, you're probably going to hear me say this for, like, again, the next probably two, three episodes. But in this one. 
In Exodus, we had Moses who fled Egypt to go <laughs> to, to, to get away from Pharaoh, mm-hmm. right? Here, we had Jeroboam who fled Israel to go to Egypt to get away from the king. Hmm. In Exodus, <clears throat> Pharaoh was overtaxing the people. Well, in this case, in, in, in Exodus, Pharaoh was overworking the people. Mm-hmm. Slavery. They asked him to stop. They asked him to stop. He doubled up. Double it, yeah. In Kings, Rehoboam doubled down on the taxes on the people when they asked him to stop and saying, y'all thought that y'all had a bar before. Hmm. Now y'all mess up asking for asking for lenience. Y'all getting even worse. Yeah, y'all ain't seen nothing yet. And now we have the guy who leaving Egypt to come rescue the people in Israel. Mm-hmm. Which is so interesting now. Now, Moses ain't leaving to go rescue people. Now, this guy leaving Egypt to come rescue people in, in Israel. So, and then the one thing with Egypt and kings, the Exodus and kings had in common now, is that gold link, yeah. I'm getting there now. Yeah. So now, again, this guy frees the 10 tribes of Israel mm-hmm. from their bondage and slavery and servitude to the king who was putting them, who was, who was an Israelite king. But now he leads them to, and they went ten tribes, so they ain't have to go in the desert no more. He leads them again. Y'all could come worship y'all God, but now who y'all God is again? The same line. Here are your gods who brought you out of Egypt, mm. which is so interesting because again, you you quoting you quoting an exact line from a character that you know. Right. You can't like, I, I'm pre- I'm pretty sure almost everyone like is like most of the Aaron. They, they, bro, you know this story. You know bro. this story. You know the story. So you, out of all the things you could have said. Bro, you purposely chose, like, even again, even if he took the calf imagery from the temple, that specific line, you almost had no business saying that because, but you knew the significance of saying that line because Egypt, bro, we, bro, no one here knows what it is to be in Egypt physically, bro. Right. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all are so far removed from Egypt at this point. What you really trying to say? Yeah. Especially if y'all know how that story ended to your point. But it's still funny how, like, again, when we get another chapter, it's going to be kind of crazy how things, people, daughters dying on doorsteps and different stuff like that, where you're going to start seeing even more parallelism. But again, it's funny how the stories are flipped now. Like, we starting to see God almost showing, like, hey, y'all, y'all kind of, y'all, y'all really going backwards. Mm-hmm. As, as a society, for me, I want you guys to be forward grass. Y'all supposed to be my light. Y'all supposed to be the people I use to spread my love and my goodness towards the world. Everyone can get to know about me, the one true God. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But now y'all almost back like y'all back in Egypt, which is so sad because we shouldn't be here no more. I made two different nations my promises and now all two of y'all pretty much turn y'all back on me. Mercy. You know what I'm saying? Like we, like we, again, we back in Egypt, y'all worshiping idols again, both kingdoms. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, it's so funny. Jeroboam ended up doing worse than Solomon. Solomon at the temple, they was offering sacrifices. We had the Levites. They had something to do. But he also was erecting altars. Mm-hmm. So it was both. Cherubim is like, no, it's just altars. It's just altars. It's just new. It's just new stuff. Exactly. New religion. like All the requirements that we needed, because we kind of gloss over it, but think about it. The only people who were allowed to be priests were the people from the tribe of Levi. Yes. The Levites. They were the only people allowed to carry priests. And we know within the Levites, they all had this specific role. Some people were like, you know, to care for the temple. 
So you would care for the art. Some people would like to you know care for the art, but they all had their purpose in the in, as Levites, and that was the only tribes like the high priest and the actual priest could come from. You started handing out priestly roles like they was like coupon codes to Dairy Queen, right? Anybody, like, you won't be a priest. You oh, won't yeah. be a priest. You won't be a priest. Like what's that, bro? So it's like you going, you like again. We we we. It's not to be the dead horse, but you going so far to create your own thing. Because something you could have taken from God, you know what I'm saying? Bro, I just get I just get tired of sometimes the philosophy that we live in, bro. Where you could tell somebody this is wrong, and they'll tell you, that's your opinion. It's my opinion that this is wrong, or this is just one way of life. You know what I mean? Like, bro, we in bro, we in a society now, bro. You could tell somebody that witchcraft is wrong. <laughs> and they'll tell you no, bro. No, that's just your opinion. You this know is my I mean? way of worshiping God. Yeah, this is my way. Of, bro, some people say they worship God through tarot cards and all of this and that and the third. And I think that's a, I think that's a good example. I have been told that, bro, by people that I know, that I love, that I spend time with. You understand what I'm saying? They connect to God through tarot cards, through palm reading, through the spirits. You know what I mean? And it's like, bro, we, <laughs> you read, bro, you can't get you the second, third, fourth and fifth book of the bible without knowing vividly how god how god feels about witchcraft when we get to the witcher endor i could see that's the only explanation you had with witchcraft and you say oh that was nothing really bad that in the samuel account then you read it in chronicles and you're like oh solomon died because he, he disobeyed god and he consulted a witch they'd say that you know what mm -hmm. i mean and so jeroboam is like yo i use an idolatry to connect to god and so me, someone who in this in this in this scenario, I I do not have any type of enjoyment or attachment to worshiping idols in this form that I know of, right? I could turn around and tell you, bro, this is wrong, bro. Mm -hmm. Biblically, I can show you text. This is wrong. Like, you know, if I was back in them times, bro, and I understood the Hebrew language and I had access to scrolls, I could be able to show him. <laughs> it should be around here. Got it. You know what I mean? Somewhere right here, bro. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? But it's like some people, like the way the way how the devil kind of like adds so much misinformation. It's like, no, that's just one way of thinking. You know what I'm saying? And so with the with the witchcraft, with not not even witchcraft, with the with the golden calf worship, bro, this was just blatantly wrong, bro. And I am mm -hmm. thankful that in the Bible. We can see how it says this became a sin because people was doing this. And then also we can see chapter after chapter for the rest of this book. God is going to continue to reference this man, Jeroboam, and it's not in a positive light. Because yeah. it's like at the end of the day, bro, it, it right and wrong is not subjective, bro. Right is right. Wrong is wrong, bro. Right, the Bible is right. God is right. Our creator, I don't like it. Don't matter what walk of life you come from, bro. You have to be able to respect that the person who created us here, put us here, has given us rules mm -hmm. to abide by. That's a fact. You know what I mean? And like, it's not subjective, bro. So we should be able to see that in theory, when a human being creates something, or if I can prove that this is not from God, this is wrong, mm -hmm. you know? But a lot of people in society, the world we live in is so many different backgrounds. They just they they don't want to hug a side. They just say it's a diff it's just a perspective. Sorry, I that. Look at Siri, look at Siri trying to get on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they'll just say it's perspective. <laughs> that was random. Yeah. Oh my. 
like I would like to think if I lived in that day, I would have tried to speak up. But man, it 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 really gets you to think, right? Like in the end times when apostasy will be so rampant, when things will be packaged in a way where it's so believable and it and it, and it makes such logical sense, but if you don't have the Bible, you wouldn't know it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I would love to think, and I pray, I think, is that I would be able to stand up against the injustices of the of the word of God. Because it's gonna come a time when wrong is right and right is wrong. And you would think we in that time today because a lot of things right now going sideways, right? And you could you could see the the degradation of society in multiple ways. I'm not gonna list them. Of how society is trending, and you know it's going to come a time when you see stuff like this are blatantly wrong. Because I mean, bro, no, realize that no one else in Israel really was checking him. Think about it. You had ten of the twelve tribes. I'm sure you had wise where, where men. Are you? you had like again. You know what I'm saying? Like right. so, no one was in, like, yo, bro, maybe we shouldn't do this. Or like, hey, you ask God about anything. Like again, to your point, Ahasha, like, yo, did I not tell you this? And what did God say? Do you not remember this? Like maybe. You had no one there to check you at all during this whole time. Mm-hmm. Were they scared? Were they just not around? Did he kill them? Like, again, why was no one in a nation of millions of people, no one come out and, like, raise a word to him? Hmm. That we know of. Like, it's not yeah. recorded. Um, yeah, I, 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 wa- I just want to assume that it did happen. And but, he just doubled down, which yeah. very well could be. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But it's just, it's just so interesting to, like, they just went along with it. Yeah, and it, and, like, and it right. worked. It worked. All right, cool. Ten just tribes. It. it worked. Man. So I guess they guess to wrap this up. Like, be like, be read up, man. Like, understand the Bible. Understand like the word of God because it's it's gonna come a point even more more than today where it's very relevant and very, very important for our salvation. Because it's gonna come a time when Evilness is packaged so good, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between good and evil. And that's the day when you really need to have the have the word of God to be able to discern the difference because that day will come. Yeah, bro. Even this week, I see two celebrities, two big celebrities, like top 10 A-class celebrities. One is an athlete, one is a singer. Which is in on the news feed, you know what I mean? And I just watch people glorify them, bro. And trust me, bro, I ain't I ain't that vocal when it come to celebrity quote unquote mm-hmm. worship for real. You know what I mean? Like I understand fandom and I understand how people just get emotionally attached to stuff, right? But it's like you putting I watch I watch somebody get a sermon. Like, literally, like, an audio of a sermon. Oh, boy. Mercy. Right? Mercy. I, I can just say it, bro. LeBron. Bro, I am... LeBron is my favorite player, bro. Yes, he it's is. My favorite. And everybody know that, yep. right? Yep, yep. So, LeBron yep. Re- reached a milestone on Nike. They wanted to commemorate him by a, a video montage of him. And for the audio, they have his highlights playing and, and, and stuff. And for the audio, they, they used a sermon where this person was saying, he's been so good, right? And they was like, they they just, they was describing, just someone glorifying Jesus, bro. 
mm-hmm. and they say you are a witness you know and and all of these done you know what i'm saying like and they was talking about Jesus. you could hear you could hear this is a black man preaching yep but they used it for a lebron commercial bro it was kind of cringy bro it was it's so, so cringy. upsetting yep. and and when I first saw it, I, I had to search it up on, on, on the social media. And the first day, well, that night when it, in real time, everybody was just, I guess, so engulfed with this achievement. Nobody was saying, bro, this is crazy. I go on Instagram, I see mixed reviews. The majority of people saying, you know, this is blasphemous. You know, this is idolatry, bro. It's mm-hmm. only cheap. Bro, this man ain't died for our sins. You know what I'm saying? And it was other people saying, bro, come on, y'all taking it too far, bro. As a Christian, you you embarrassing. That's why our church so divided. And, so, and there's some people who legitimately did not see a problem with that, bro. Mm-hmm. We spoke on this, we spoke about this last year when we see like rappers like Kendrick Lamar have a crown of thorns on their head when they like on the cross, bro, like the baby. And I see people likening themselves to Jesus, bro. And everybody is, a lot of people are okay with it. Mm. Just okay with it. My thing is the audacity to have that, bro. The lack of respect. I don't see people doing that to Buddha, bro. I have never seen someone disrespect Buddha, and it might be because of the side of the world we on. You mm. know what I'm saying? I never seen somebody, um, like, like do this to the nation of Islam. Try to degrade them or, or, or try to make it seem like you are their god or and stuff like that. Oh, and because anyway. Keep going. Right, but Keep and, going. And that's yep, just yep, my yep. personal, you know what I'm saying? That's no, my it, personal It's a fuck because I'm I, like, Christianity so, we ain't even like the mother religions, the mother religions who can't even do it because they will kill you. Right. No, no, I mean, not even like, no disrespect and no thing, but like, that's just a fuck. But you can't yeah. go in a, like an Islam nation and we're trying to end this plane. Yeah. But you can't go to them, like, even like, even, you can't even say, bro, forgive, forget Allah, Muhammad alone. Right. They still, what? Right, I get that right, but in America where no, I, I get you. Di- right, where so many where it's a melting block. Now granted, mm-hmm. this is the biggest religion, so I understand why the big the focus would be more so on Jesus, right? But I do not see people doing that, bro. Exactly. Like, and my thing is, it's like, and I can end with this. When we think about the whole armor of God, the only weapon they name is the sword of the spirit, which is the word. Mm-hmm. That's our weapon. It is the word. Now we have to defend ourselves. We have to we have to protect ourselves and defend ourselves against all type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Protect our heart. Protect our mind. Protect our body, like the rest of our bodies. But when when it's time to defend, our only the our only thing to fight with is the word. That's our sword. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's the only thing Jesus used. And that's the only thing Jesus used when the devil tempted him. He's quoting. So much time Jesus just was quoting and he was quoting the Old Testament too, you know? Mm-hmm. And so my thing is, if you do not, if you do not know the word and if you are not prepping to learn the word, you are in battle without a sword. Mercy. If you do not know the word, if you do not know the word, you are in battle without a sword. Without a sword. The northern kingdom of Israel had no temple of its own, and Jeroboam feared that the Israelites would want to go to Judah to worship. So in an attempt to prevent this, Jeroboam decided to make his own gods, establish his own feast days, and appoint his own priests. But naturally, the Lord was not happy about that. But we will talk more about that on the next episode 
of a breath of fresh air. Tonight's episode included voice acting by your hosts, Earl Roberts and the Cars Gate. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at A Breath of Fresh Air Pod on Instagram and B O F A P O D on Twitter. Thanks, everyone. And we'll see you next week.